Yeah, how you doing? Hang on, that's right, it's NBA Strides Wednesday. Um, day, November 24th, all day. And I'm your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes. Rolling Stone Triple J, whoever wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff, that booze money. Here, in a swelteringly warm Larry Armour Studios. I'm wearing my, uh, what's this, my Spreewell Timberwolves jersey at the moment. Sweating like a priest near a preschool. Either way, hanging out, giving you the lowdown, all the ins and outs of the NBA season while repping Strayer a bit. That's what we do here, isn't it? Of course it is. It's literally called NBA Strayer. And uh, we don't take things too seriously around here. We leave that for the nerds. God, they love to take it seriously. This is a very serious basketball conversation about very serious basketball. Shut up, idiot. Right. Quick show today. Mallow. He was back in MSG. Lakers, Knicks was a bit of a belter. Clippers, Mavs is awesome. Uh, other than that, pretty chill day. So four games to talk about the NBA Australia game wraps. That means a uh, pretty nice slab of that's not a knife. Old mate, no mate. It's better than the night. Better than Lonzo Ball. Yeah, Nas. The unpopular opinion of the day. And our back take us. Where we're serving up a flame grilled take. Uh, there's no real Australian player watch because <laughs> no one was out there today. Uh, but we do have an awesome great moment in NBA Australia state history starring Big Lucian Longley. So we'll get to that. Uh, the biggest thing today, though, is a huge, huge, huge preview of 13 games tomorrow. A mega pre-Thanksgiving slate for you. So there's some great matchups. We'll talk about that. And uh, depending on how we're going for time, because I've got to uh, run off and go grab the squid, because old mate's out tonight. <laughs> so we might either have a green thumbs tips for a greener future, greeny green tips with Josh Greeny Green, or not. <laughs> You'll have to wait until the end of the show. It's a surprise. Right, episode 705 of NBA Australia. Let's go. Alright, support for NBA Australia comes from our friends over at Manscaped.com. That's right, the legends at Manscaped.com. They are the below-the-waist grooming champions of the world, and they offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. That basically rhymes. Uh, they just launched their fourth-generation trim of the Lawnmower 4.0 all across Australia and New Zealand. The 4.0 will make you go, oh, my God, that's a good trimmer. Uh, so you can join over 2 million men worldwide, including my old man, uh, who trusts Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code STRAYER. At manscaped.com. That's right, bought one for the old boy for his 60th birthday. How good's that? Just here talking about my dad's nuts. <laughs> anyway, I did love it. It was great because all I did, uh, you know, the entire weekend of his 60th, we goes, Oi, Dad, tell us all about your uh, present that we got him. And he was sitting there going, Oh, yeah. You got a trimmer. <laughs> Say it louder, Dad. But also, it's men's grooming products. So there's an awesome razor called the Plow. You've got the Whipper Snipper. Go check it out. And uh, having been one of the first folks to try the new 4.0 of the uh, lawnmower, I tell you what, it is awesome. Because when you're looking after your junk, it's just like this house. You don't want any nicks. No nicks here. Apart from those nice nicks jerseys, Dave. But still, you're waving it around like, you know, it's a lightsaber because it's got a sick light. You've got the trim guards. But most importantly, it's got the advanced skin-safe technology with that ceramic blade. That's the no nick stuff. It's awesome. So go check it out. You've got wireless charging, it's waterproof, off you go. Essentially, it boils down to the simple fact, if you've been using the same nut trimmer on your face, that's gross. Grow up, get a hold of yourself, and sort that out. No one wants pubes in their mouth, come on. So get your own ball hair and body hair trimmer with Manscaped to make me time the best time, and enhance your confidence with some nice smooth boyage, that's how it goes. So 20% off and free shipping with the code straight at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you, and so will anybody who gets anywhere near or around them. Seriously, they will. 20% off and free shipping with the code Strayer at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code Strayer, unlock your confidence, and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Strayer. Watch out for the shark attack. Uh, you better, I guess. I don't know, if you're uh, LeBron or Isaiah Stewart, I enjoyed Shaq's take on that. It's like, yeah, that's how you should react to getting elbowed in the face. 
<laughs> That's pretty good. All right, as I said, quick show today because I'm going to go grab this squid. Uh, an old mate is out tonight for a uh, work do. So let's get into it, shall we? Uh, let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Australia with the daily. Look around, there you go. Luca, he's back playing for the Mavericks. Good to see. Love that. Uh, doesn't look too banged up or anything now, which is nice. So over his uh, ankle and his knee. Happy days there. Nikola Jokic, hello. Looked like he was about to get out there for the Denver Nuggets against the Portland Trailblazers. Did not happen. Uh, still felt a little bit of pain going on with his wrist. So they uh, erred on the side of caution. Probably just as well going up against his old mucker, the Bosnian Bear. Hello, Yusuf Nurkic, yes. Uh, so Joker still out for the moment. Bit of a tough one. What are you going to do? Uh, the other big news is basically Clay Thompson looking like Jackie Moon at a press conference, which was gnarly. Uh, got, you know, got in front of the cameras, got in front of some journos, got asked some questions, kind of nice. And I'll tell you what, I've missed Clay. So I'm going to talk about this later when we talk about Lakers and Warriors and stuff like that. But Clay, he sort of asked about, you know, can we, can they win the title? He's like, oh, yeah, we're 15-2. It's a great indicator, isn't it? <laughs> our defense is top three in the league, along with our offense, and I'm not even out there yet. Think about that. Really think about that. Ah, oh, he's a delight. I love it. Um... He's also, you know, asked about being hurt, having copped two pretty rough injuries, obviously, a an ACL and then Achilles. Two of the worst ones you can cop. Uh, he did reply, I don't fear getting hurt again. The last two times was a freak accident. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but he is scrimmaging five on five. He's going full ball. Uh, his Achilles is apparently structurally sound. No ill effects. Um, basically, Steve Kerr said, right now is about building strength and endurance. There's no target date for his return. But it very much feels like it's going to be Christmas, doesn't it? Uh, he also mentioned that basically they are we are now the type of team where it's championship or bust. And he's not wrong. Jeez. With that in mind, the Warriors have now passed the Lakers as the Vegas favorites to win the West. Pretty gnarly. And they're actually tied with the Lakers for the second best odds to win the championship. So everybody's realized that the Warriors are really bloody good. <laughs> we'll talk with them later. We've got a good year now uh, from our man Dan Drusher. Right, let's do some game wraps from today. Game raps, 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 the Miami Heat came from nowhere to beat Detroit, 192, that's right, nowhere, because they were getting their ass handed to them, Pistons played them to a standstill in the first half, they were hitting threes, Hero came in off the bench and helped the haters basically save their ass from getting completely cooked, but I think the Pistons smashed in nine threes to the Heat's three to open up the first half. Frank Jackson, Jeremy, Jeremiah Grant, they were outworking the heat. Larry couldn't hit a shot to save himself. Bam and Butts were pretty well held. And the Pistons led it by seven. And this is the fifth straight game that the Heat have been held under 47 in the first half. Five straight games. It's crazy. The weird part was the third quarter was a bit similar. No threes going down. The Pistons got up 11. And then boom. You knew it was vaguely coming. The dam had to break at some point, And then it did. 9-1 run from the Heat. Lowry misses his fifth three, but Sadiq Bay responds. It's his first bucket since the first quarter. Doesn't matter. Deadman, they find him on the inside. Hero drives, hits a beautiful little free throw line jumper. Heat suddenly lead <laughs> since like the first, I think it's like the eight minute mark of the first quarter. And you're like, what just happened? They just like strung together a whole bunch of points. And then Caleb Martin and Gabe Vincent totally changed the vibe of this team. Their defense was absolutely gnarly. So it ends up being a 16-3 run for the, to start the fourth quarter. And you're like, hang on a second. Bang! Another Deadman dunk. And it's a six-point Miami lead. 18-3 oh, run to start the quarter. And it only got worse for the poor, poor Pistons. Lowry got a three to go. And uh, he got a you know offensive rebound off his own missed layup. Gets it to go again. Here on Butler makes some shots. It ends up being... A 27-6 run to open up the fourth quarter. Miami can take complete control. 13 from Hero in that bit. And that was about it. Like, that was it. Pistons just got rolled. It's crazy. There's two minutes left. They're still double digits. They chipped into it a little bit. A couple of easy buckets of turnovers, but Miami had control and they win it. Amazing stuff. They were down 12 with three minutes left in the third. Completely turned around and kicked the shit out of him. Uh, Jeremy, Jeremiah Grant at 21-7-3. Sadiq Bay at 15. As mentioned, though. Absolutely no impact in the middle two quarters. Pretty crazy. Frank Jackson, 5 of 12 for his 13 points. Hamadou Diallo wasn't bad, I'll tell you that much. 10 points off the bench. But yeah, Cade Cunningham, the number one pick. 2 of 10 from the floor. 1 of 7 from 3. Rough one. 6 points, 6 assists, 4 turnovers. Meanwhile for the Heat, there goes my hero. Tyler Hero. 
Off the bench, 31 points. He was awesome. Absolute turning point early and late. He's going to pop up again later. Big boot to Carl Larry. had seven assists in the fourth quarter, which is crazy. He had one before then. Ends up with eight and 15 points. Goes one of six from three. He started 0 of five. I mentioned that one. Jimmy Butler couldn't hit much either. He went four of 13. Just a lot of driving into the paint and then suddenly not being able to do anything against the Pistons. Uh, ends up with 15, 9, and 5. And so did Bam, actually, which is kind of weird. 15, 9, and 5 for him. And uh, as I mentioned, the defense from Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin. Uh, Gabe Vincent had like two steals. They sparked that fourth quarter run. He and Caleb, who had three steals and six points. It was absolutely crazy how that worked. And good on him. It's like the sort of spark that Miami needed. They weren't getting that much elsewhere. Detroit, they now dropped to 4 and 12. Miami are up to 12 and 6. Big win, big turnaround, and good on them. On the road in Detroit. The Lakers! The Lakers! The Lakers stink! Well, they kind of do. The Knickerbockers of New York City beat them 106-100. 10 zip start from the Knicks, which was hilarious. They hit seven threes in the first quarter. They got it massive. They're up 25 points halfway through this second quarter. The Knicks! On the Lakers, but then the Knicks really decided to nick this one up, didn't they? Oh, my God. Five turnovers just out of nowhere, almost in a bloody row, and it was just gross town because uh, the Lakers, I think they whipped off like a 17-4 to run, and suddenly they turned it back into a game. It's like, what is going on? The Knicks just started going one-on-one. The ball stopped moving. It was brutal to watch. So basically... A 12-point Nick lead going into the half. I think, weirdly enough, Reggie Miller was like, you just need to get this to 12. It's like, shut up, Reggie. Uh, but they did have six turnovers in the last seven minutes, the Knicks. Also nice to see uh, John McEnroe behind Reggie and uh, Kevin Harlan. That was kind of fun. But either way, look, third quarter, five-zip run from the Lakers to open it up. DJ with a block. Avery Bradley Kane's a three. There's another Knicks turnover. Rusty Duck dunk. It's a seven-point game. Then Rusty hits another jumper. AD gets a dunk. It's a three-point game. Absolutely crazy. And that's basically how it goes the rest of the third. Like, Fournier hits a three. Bradley hits a three. The next day just kept sort of falling apart. Rusty was unstoppable. I think he was, what, one of six at the, at the halftime mark. And they dropped 16 points in the third quarter. And the weirdest part about this game, they were going bucket for bucket in, like, spurts, where there'd be big chunks of, like, complete ineptitude with flurries of actual scoring all happening Back-to-back. Back. It was bizarre. And the Knicks couldn't do anything. Rusty nails a three. Mallow has a massive dunk. It's a tight game. But right at the end of the third quarter, ain't no stopping Obi Toppin. Has a big dunk. He just starts fucking dunking everything, does Obi. Has one right at the end of the third. Then at the start of the fourth, the Knicks get their noses back ahead. And you had IQ, Emmanuel quickly, nailing threes. He answered like, like Mallow hit a three to make it a bit dicey again. IQ just answered it straight away. Fournier was playing his ass off. And it turns out Emmanuel quickly goes 4-4 four four from downtown before he missed one. And uh, the Knicks sort of withstood like an Anthony Davis surge. And they stayed up 12 after a couple of missed AD free throws. That was weird. He missed a bunch of free throws. And it ends up like Mallow, he just missed two wide-open threes in the fourth quarter. It was nice to see him get a big standing ovation there at MSG. They still love him, even though he didn't take them anywhere but the second round where they lost. But still, kind of fun. Good on him. And... I mean, what are you going to do here? It's just one of those cases of the Lakers just very clearly ran out of gas. And suddenly there's five minutes left, 12-point Knicks lead. You're like, yep, that's how it goes. You run out of gas. Oh, but the Knicks decided to then just not score the rest of the way until Julius Randle hit a fucking free throw with 35 seconds left. The Lakers had ripped off a seven-point run at that point. 7-0. It was a five-point game, but... With that free throw, they're up six. The Lakers have a couple of looks at threes. They miss them all. And the Knicks hold on and win the game. Uh, The Lakers shoot 37% in this one. 11 of 36 from downtown. Rusty has 31, 13, and 10 for a triple-double. Also six turnovers. Not a bad game, it felt like, from Rusty, but not entirely conducive to uh, let's get all this going, especially in that last sort of play, in that last sequence where they need a really quick bucket. And uh, the ball just sort of... Hit a couple of brick walls, didn't it? Uh, AD goes for 20, 6 and 3. He shot 7 of 17 and 5 for 11 on his free throws. Avery Bradley, 15 and 9. Melo, is it me you're looking for? Camelo Anthony finished 3 of 14. At home in MSG, bro. At home in MSG. Uh, 2 of 8 from downtown as well for his 12 points. Malik Monk had 12 points as well. He shot 5 of 14. But yeah, that was the sort of. 
The big problem with the Lakers, outside of Avery Bradley, just not much going on. THT, he's going to pop up later. The Knicks, 15 of uh, 34 from downtown. They go. Randall is 20, 16, and 5. But again, just time and time again, his second halves, he just sort of falls apart. He stops moving the ball, and he sort of just ends up settling for dribble, dribble, iso, jacked up long jumper, and you're like, what are you doing, Julius? Anyway, six threes for Evan Fournier. Don't Google me. 26 points. He went six of nine. Nice. Uh, AJ Barrett has 12, 7, and 3. 3 of 5 from downtown. Kemba was a liability, as per usual. Knicks fans getting excited about Kemba Walker was pretty funny because they very clearly hadn't watched Kemba Walker play for a pretty long time. Uh, the bench, though, as per usual, saving the Knicks. Toppin was awesome. 12 points, 4 rebounds. Quickly was massive. 14 points for him. Alec Burks was huge. 12 points for him as well. They stepped in. No D-Rose. They saved their asses. This was huge. The Lakers now dropped to 9-10. and 10. They're 4-7 and seven without LeBron. And the Knicks go to 10-8. and eight. Portland beat Denver 119-100. No joker for the Nugs. Mention that. So uh, I guess it was all up to Jeff Green? Question mark? Yeah, they even lose PJ Dozier to a knee injury. So they're suddenly without Joker, MPJ, Jam and Jamal, and PJ Dozier. It's just... Absolute mash wards vibes. But uh, Uncle Al Jefe Green was the only bloke out there doing anything. Uh, Dame kicked this one into gear in the second quarter. There was an incredible stretch from Portland where they ripped off a 14-to-zip stretch in two minutes of game time. It was absolutely bloody remarkable. Portland, uh, basically, they get up with that run before the half, and it ends up exactly that at the halftime mark. So 14 points, 18-3 to to close it out. Dame goes six, sick. Uh, CJ was just mi- not missing. He was eight of ten. Dame was six of nine. Nice. And they had 37 combined at the half. Uh, the Nugs kept it close in the third, but it was just a bit of an arm wrestle. Like, they couldn't make any big inroads without Nurk, without basically any of their good dudes. CJ, he hit a buzzer beat at the end of the half, and then at the end of the third quarter as well. It was absolutely awesome. Obviously, the motor center is just going completely bonkers. You know that PDX Pete, whose birthday it is today... Would have been losing his mind about his Blazers, so that's good. And the fourth, uh, look, it was a bit interesting there for a bit, and then it got completely out of hand down the stretch. Like, the defense for Portland just kicked up a notch, and it was sort of it sort of sat around the 12-point mark for most of the fourth quarter. Then CJ smashed in a three, Nurk hit some free throws, then Dame got a layup and a norm layup, and you're like, what just happened? It's a 19-point game with four minutes left. Holy shit. And there we go. So just a tough one for Denver without their main dudes to keep up. Look, Jeff Green's good. But he's still Jeff Green, you know? El Jefe Green, I love him. He had 24-4 and four with three blocks. Air Gordon. This is the one game where you're like, Jesus, Aaron, could you step up just a little bit, please? You're killing me. Nah, 11 points. Will the Thrill Barton, same vibes, 11-8-7. But look, this is just a team that is an absolute mash unit, running on fumes. Monty Morris had 16 points. A bit from the bench. Naji Fakukampatso and Austin Rivers, the most punchable man in the NBA, all had a eight. Points each, but 17 turnovers for the Nuggets really shot themselves in the foot over and over and over. Uh, the Blazers shot over 50%, 38% from three. CJ was awesome. 32 points goes 13 of 19 from the floor. Um, five of nine from downtown. Dame goes five of eight from three for his 25 points and five assists. Nurk against his old team, six, seven, and three. Norm, pal, uh, 15. But I tell you what, I really like the uh, vibe of Nasir Little. And Anthony Simon. So Little goes for 13 and 5. Simon's 14, 5 and 2. They just did a little bit of something, something. And then, and then came the absolute fucking topper. Greg Brown the third, the rookie, a through the legs dunk in a game. It was absolutely fucking crazy. Uh, the benches were in this one with about three minutes to go. Off they went. Good win for Portland. Denver, they dropped to 9 and 9. Portland are now 10 and 8. The Clippers and the Mavs played an absolute belter as well. The Mavs end up winning it in overtime despite the efforts of Paul George right there at the end to get that shot off. 0.1 seconds on the clock. It's cleared his fingers. They get to overtime and the Clippers scored one point. Ouch. Uh, So the Mavs win at 112-104. This is a really fun game because the Clippers had the running all through this one. They had a big, nice early lead. They're up 11 really early. Sort of stayed there through the second quarter. The Mavs lose Jalen Brunson to an ankle injury. And it felt like the Clips were in control. But then in the middle of the third, the Mavs just strung together a massive run on the back of, uh, was it, 
couple of Luca 3s, a Zinger, Extreme Zinger Meal. Here's an Extreme Zinger Meal today. It's extreme Zinger Meal. A couple of buckets, a couple of 3s each. They go from down 8 and take the lead. The Clippers rallied. Reggie Jackson was doing some work, but that's how it went all the way. Down the stretch, both teams were hitting 3s. The Mavs were hitting threes right at the death. I think the Mavs like were 0 of 11 at some point for our threes. End up nailing a bunch of them, but juice. I'll tell you what. So at the end of the fourth quarter, though, the Mavs tried their absolute hardest to completely blow this game where they're up, what, 10 points with 3 minutes 29 left after the match should clear. But hello, dunk. So three and a half minutes. Reggie Jackson makes a shot. The duck man, Luke Kennard, nails a three. Reggie Jackson hits a jumper as well. This is all coming as like Hardaway and the Zinger are turning it over, missing shots. Luke is just pulling up from 33 feet and missing shit. Max Shaklebart makes one free throw. So they've still got a chance to the Clippers. Paul George, no time left, nails the corner three out of nowhere off the, off the inbounds. Insane stuff. And then the overtime happens. We get a bunch of different jump balls. It's wedgie central. And the Mavs just sort of shit pumped them. (laughs) Like Zinger had a great big dunk to start. Max Shaklieba nailed a three. Zinger had another dunk. And they just couldn't do anything, the Clippers. It was weird. Like they made one technical free throw after that sort of weird Zinger tech. And Zinger then just made another shot later. And that was the game. That was it. They just couldn't hit anything, the Clippers. They clearly just ran out of gas. That's what happens, though. You make, you know, what do we say here all the time on NBA Australia? It's really good, really easy to make a run and have a crack. It's fucking actually pretty hard to win the bloody game, though, isn't it? So 112-104, the Mavs win it. Uh, the Clippers, look, Paul George hadn't hit a three all game until that one to uh, force overtime. Clutch as fuck. You'll have to see it. 26 for uh, playoff P, nine rebounds, six assists. He shot 7-23, though, for his 26. 31-10 and 10 for Reggie Jackson. Mook Morris chucked in 10. Uh, Zoobs had 10 as well. Ajaya Hartenstein, hello, was pretty fun. Coffee had 7. T-Man, T-Man had 7 as well. But that was kind of the thing. T-Man, Luke Kennard, and Coffee, they all went 2 of 5, and it's just a little bit... Ugh. Maybe one or two extra shots they make here or there, and it maybe changes. Bledsoe, look, he went absolutely fucking horror show vibe, uh, vibes. 25 minutes for his two points. He was shit. Um, but they went 10 of 32 from downtown, did the uh, Clippers. It's just not quite enough. Because the Mavs, I'll tell you what. Supercharged Zingerberger. How good was the Zingerberger down the stretch? 30 points. He ends up with seven rebounds. Absolutely crushing it. Kicking ass, taking names. The big Lativian gangbanger. You love it. 9 of 16, he shot. Luca goes 9 of 21, 4 of 11 from downtown. He ends up with a 26, 9 and 9. 17 for Dorian Finney-Smith, who couldn't hit the fucking side of a barn early. And then just rang up some fucking shots late that were just like, holy shit, that came out of nowhere. Maxi Kleber ends up with 8 off the bench. Sterling Brown was pretty good as well. He had 7 points, 4 rebounds. Uh, Trey Burke filled in pretty handily for Jalen Brunson. Uh, he had 5 points now to uh, all 3 of his free throws. Hardaway the lesser, rough shooting night for him. 5 of 17 for his 13 points. But still, bloody good win for the Mavs. To pull that out in overtime, you felt the Clippers having forced it, that they were just going to run over the top of them there at home. But nope, that's not how it went at all. So the Clippers, I believe, now dropped to 10 and 8, which is pretty fucking crazy. And the Mavs, 10 and 7. Feeling good. Feeling great. So, crazy stuff. Let's do an NBA Australia pre-performer of the night then, shall we, after all of this? <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. Oh, how about, I'll tell you what. Extreme Zingamil. Extreme Zingamil down the stretch gave the Mavs everything they fucking needed. 30-7, and seven, as I mentioned. 10-10 ten ten from the free throw line. He was awesome. And this is those things, like... Cuban actually sort of came out today. I was like, yeah, man, like, I don't even think Zinger's like played his, uh, to his potential yet. And it's like, yeah, if he can just stay healthy and play off Luca like this every fucking time, you're laughing. Uh, Paul George, as mentioned, hadn't hit a three all game. That's a hell of an improved performance. Gets it off his fingertips, 0.1 seconds left. Amazingly clutch. Awesome shot. Paul George, that was fucking gnarly. Uh, but I'm going to give this to Zinger. And of course, there goes my hero, Tyler Hero. 31 points, eight rebounds, four made threes. 12-21 from the floor. That's his second 30-point game off the bench this year. 
And uh, that's the most by any Heat player ever off the bench in a single season. Pretty gnarly. But the way he changed the uh, complete construction of that game early, kept them in it, and then late brought them home was just absolutely fucking mega. On a day that Bam, Butts, Big Boudicca, Larinko didn't have it. Tyler Hero was their hero. I could be your hero, baby! That's what he was. He was for the Heat. And the Extreme Zinger Meal was supercharged today. Supercharged Zinger Burger. You know I love that. Who was Spud of the night, though? Spud, 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 Melu, is it me you're looking for? No, look, 3 and 14. It was nice to see Melo back in uh, MSG. Couldn't hit anything, though. Um, Malik Monk goes 5 of 14. That's a little bit better. Uh, but Talon Horton Tucker, THT. He's dynamite. Was not dynamite today and hasn't been for the last three games. So he, gone, he went 0 of 8 today. I mentioned, uh, I sort of touched on this very briefly in that game. 0 of 8, 0 of 2 from downtown. He has two rebounds, four assists, two turnovers. This is just the third game where he's just been horrible. He's now got more fouls than points in his last three games. He's got 11 fouls, and he's got 10 points combined. He shot 4 of 27 over those three games. 4 of 27! I'm no math magician, but that's not good. <laughs> what are you doing? Who was Old Mate No Mates? Old Mate No Mates! 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 Who's got No Mates today? KD... And his ankles. Oh, jeez. This one popped off basically as we were taping yesterday. KD got got for his Shayla shin skin. It's like, look at these motherfuckers' calves. Where's your lotion, Kevin? Where's your lotion? It's like, what do you expect from a fucking snake? Jesus. I bet Draymond's shitting on him on, like, Draymond's podcast. Like, so Bam sent me a picture saying, no way, this is KD's this, Ashy. I'm like, what the fuck? That's not even Ashy, man. That's scales. He looks like an alligator. You can skin him and take him to the store. Like, when Draymond is shitting on you to that degree, it was fucking hilarious. And everybody came for Kuzma. And then everybody went straight after KD. Because, <laughs> uh, tell you what, those calves, they looked a bit fucky. But at the same time, I'm not entirely not convinced that this is, like, one part of his, like, vibe of getting over his Achilles. It's like, if you've probably spent a lot of time in, like, a walking boot and all that sort of stuff like KD probably has... Uh, with an Achilles, yeah, the skin's probably going to be a bit fucky. But at the same time, I also like KD bouncing back, popping up on uh, Twitter going, I'm about to pull y'all broke card in a second. Fuck y'all. <laughs> KD. Ah, for a bloke with skin that thick, he's got pretty fucking thin skin. Uh, panting of the nights. <laughs> Uh, the Kings, oh, just, I kind of didn't, I kind of skidded over the top of them getting their ass handed to them by the Sixers yesterday. Like, they're like, nah, 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 man, we don't want to, like, you know, trade De'Aaron Fox or Tyrese Halliburton for Ben Simmons, man. They go out with Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox and lose to a Sixers team without Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid or Tobias Harris or Danny Green or Seth Curry, a.k.a. their entire starting lineup. So, uh, yeah, pantsing. That's it, Kings. Uh, Greg Brown pantsing the Nuggets as well. The through-the-legs in-game dunk. That's a fucking pantsing. That is like showing up uh, the Nuggets to just a horrifyingly hilarious degree. It's like they're up there. They've tried their hardest, and you swan up there. Uh, They've maybe, you know, just gotten some news up there on the dais during a school assembly. They're not happy, and you dack them. That's what Greg Brown did. I love it. Uh, better than Lonzo Ball. And through the legs dunk in game. That was fucking sick. Put him in the dunk comp. Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you'll get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros. Now I can be average. He's coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. The, uh, I'll tell you what. Emmanuel quickly. In that fourth quarter against the Lakers, he was massive. Four or four from three. Just completely turned that game into a uh, into the point where the Knicks... Even though they've tried very hard, couldn't actually lose it. And it was, it was all quickly. I love the stones on him. I love how he's just like, I don't fucking care. I'm going to win this game. He was insane. 4-4 four four down that stretch. Then finally misses one. Like that three that he hit was actually the shot that put them up 12. And then they just didn't score again for the next five and a half minutes. But they were in that position to win the game because of him. So he goes 4 of 8 from downtown, 2 of 2 from the free throw line. So 14 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 turnovers. Emmanuel quickly today. 
You are better than Lonzo Ball. All right, uh, we'll be back with uh, Yeah Nas right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You listen to NBA Australia. And you're listening 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 to NBA Australia. All right, let's do some Yenaz there. Brought to you by thedailyliquor.com from East Night Brewing. If you're in Melbourne, party time. It's warm. It's awesome. We're out of lockdown. <clears throat> Daily people are still bitching and moaning about it, apparently. Andrew Bogut. But either way, go get your booze from the online Bottolo. Amazing vibes. Don't go to the Bottolo and risk, you know, getting actual that Rona. Get them to bring the booze to you, Rona-free, and you'll be laughing. So get it from thedailyliquor.com. They've got amazing beers, amazing wines, amazing cocktails. Got into a few of those last night. We did NFL Australia. I'll tell you that much. Oh, jeez. Anyway, if you use the old Strayer code, that's right, Strayer, at thedailyliquor.com, you'll also get a free six-pack on your mate Jimmy. How good is that? Don't say I never do anything for you. So check it out. Thank us later when you're smashing some free beers. Right, yeah, nah, it's Dan Drosher. Yeah, nah, if three Golden State players are going to combine for 18 to 25 from three and none of them are Curry or Clay. The dubs are scary as fuck, Jimmy. Yeah, nah, shit, yes. So this is probably my favorite aspect of all the clay content that came out today is that the Warriors are just sort of cruising along, kicking the flying shit out of everybody, and they don't have Clay Thompson. Like, it's absolutely crazy. So that Raptors game where they sort of just turned around and just gave them the old choke out, like it was pretty gnarly. Because you've got Wigo going 6 of 8 from 3 in that game. You've got Jordan Poole going 8 of 11. And Otto Porter going 5 of 9. Like, holy shit. So they've got an insane defense and a bunch of dudes who aren't Steph or Clay who can actually smash threes. Like, that's terrifying, isn't it? My lord! Uh, but they have the best defensive rating in the league at the moment. They're second in offensive rating. Like, without Clay and Wiseman. James, I'm a wise man. Holy shit. So, I guess that means, is Clay right? Can they win the title? Yeah, nah. I mean, you sort of keep waiting for the slip to come, right? But, Poole has been that good. Up, well, he's been up and down, but he's also just been pretty bloody good when he's uh, when he does turn it on, and he turns it on pretty well-timed, you know what I'm saying? Wiggins has been way more consistent than we've seen before. Draymond has got like a fucking shot of life. And of course, Steph Curry's still with Steph Curry. Then off the bench, you got Belly Belitza, Otto Porter, JTA, Damian Lee. You know, you've got a couple of the rookies. You've got Moza Moody 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 and Jonathan Kaminga. It's just such a weird, good mix that I think you have to put them into contender, to, like, you know, space, right? Like, they're fucking 15 and 2. They're taking on all comers. That defense is legit. It's terrifying. So, good on him. But, yeah, Dan's right. Like, if three other Golden State players are going to go 18 to 25 from downtown and none of them are Clay and Curry, like, holy fuck, what are we doing here? Uh, right, are the Knicks and Lakers the same team? Yeah, nah. Well, not technically, nah. But at the same time, they seem to sound like have the similar problems, right? Like, when they stop moving the ball, it just turns into weird ISO shit and it happens way too easily. And that's why you see them get bogged down. And that's like one of those things where you watch the Lakers without Rondo or LeBron out there sort of controlling stuff and Rusty going, well, you know, look, I'm going to put guys in positions. It's like, it doesn't look like it's in any sort of a fucking flow, though. What's going on here? Like, Randall feels like a bigger Rusty at times sometimes, like when it gets a bit squirrely on him, uh, where they both sort of fall in love with their shot rather than sort of doing what they're best at. And the supporting cast sort of go hot and cold faster than, like, Macca's chips or whatever. Uh, but the Knicks, look, they've got a couple of young pieces on their bench and a couple of vets. The Lakers have got a couple of young dudes and a bunch of vets. It feels like the Lakers are older. The Knicks are still kind of like, nah, it's all right, though. We've got D. Rose and Kemba and Evan Fournier. And if they guard somebody with a fucking first time in ages, I'll tell you that much. So a bit of a weird one. And they do feel kind of weirdly similar. Even if, like, AD and Julius Randle play pretty... When you sort of break it down, you think they're more different than they are. You know what I'm saying? So, 
Kind of leads into the next one. Is AD a fraud? We brought this up last week. Yeah, nah, nah. Look, obviously he's fucking awesome. But at the same time, he goes and gets that Mickey Mouse title down there in the bubble with a uh, rejuvenated LeBron. He's probably, you know, where Kobe went to Germany to get his knee uh, infused with blood in a wild fucking centrifuge. I feel like they just put LeBron in a centrifuge and then send him down to the bubble and off he went. Um, but this is the AD that we're sort of, we saw in New Orleans, but worse. Like, without LeBron, the Lakers are, like, legitimately shit. And it feels very much like, how is this a lesser version of AD than we saw with the Pelicans? The dude who'd be dropping 40 and 15 on everybody's heads every night. Like, this is weird. And it is just that thing where you're like, he's got to be carrying something, right? Like, some sort of injury, just some sort of, you know, just really sore something. Because he should be just out there dominating. Like, Rusty's not entirely just stunt. Like, Mallow and Rusty, in terms of dudes who share the ball, they're not going to be right there at the top. But at the same time, you feel like that's not going to really impact AD's game. So you got to question what the fuck is going on. And it's got to be some sort of weird injury, doesn't it? Yeah. Hey, uh, Jimmy, is Paul George clutch? Are you happy to appreciate that yet? Yeah, nah. Oh, come on. He's been all right. Pandemic P. Oh, playoff P. I love it. Hits the amazing three today. Good on him. I'm just proud of him for hitting that because that was an amazing shot. Uh, But I just need to see him do it. Bigger stages down the stretch. Win some games, Paul. That's all we ask. Right, unpopular opinion of the day. Look at me, please. Look at me. 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 I think there's weird focus that ESPN and like other outlets, Fox Sports, etc., have at least in the USA, and on who they focus on is probably bad for basketball. There's a great piece from JJ Reddick talking about how. Uh, talking to Michael Bridges, how he spent seven hours at ESPN and the Suns weren't brought up once. And Michael Bridges replied, ESPN, Fox Sports, NBA TV, they're motherfuckers. They're the ones playing against us. I don't give a damn what they think. Alex Caruso was like, yeah, man, it's apparent now. I didn't realize this when I was on the Lakers, but social media shows all of the Lakers highlights. I didn't think that was true until I got to another team. It's a bit weird. Like The Caruso thing was kind of funny when he's on the Lakers and... You're like, yeah, he's pretty handy. It's kind of funny that he's uh, being blown up as, you know, the GOAT. At the same fucking time, though, like, when you sort of... Now that LeBron is on the Lakers, Cleveland just may as well not fucking exist. Like, they were fun this season, but you wouldn't have barely fucking known it if you watched any ESPN or anything, right? And Phoenix, they've won 13 straight. If the Lakers or fucking Knicks had won 13 straight... ESPN to be like hanging banners and fucking there'd be gaggles upon gaggles of reporters following them asking if they were the greatest team of all time. Are they better than the 96 Bulls? Are they better than the 2017 Warriors? What is going the 2016 Warriors? Oh, geez. And the f- the weirdest part is I almost feel like that the Warriors are amazing at the moment and they're almost like being underplayed like how good they are. I don't know. Like, the flip side is, like, if you're a Raptors fan, you've seen this just happen time and time again. The Raptors have been one of the most dominant teams in the East for, like, the last fucking decade. Boston, you know, that my bugbear is that they're weirdly overrepresented in uh, all of this sort of stuff without... They did have, like, success. They make a bunch of Eastern Conference finals. They've been bloody good. Basically, they go from the Paul Pierce KG era into this, you know, Tatum and Brown era without much of a break in between. But... It feels like the light is really only shone on the Lakers and at the moment the Nets. The Bulls are kicking ass and taking names. But it's not even anywhere near how much like pub that the Lakers get. And I think it's fucking hilarious that Caruso's like, yeah, this is fucked. And Phoenix, kind of still one of the awesome, fun, glamour teams, winning 13 on the trot. You wouldn't know about it unless they're talking about like CP3's historical achievements or how Devin Booker once trained with fucking Kobe. It's like Settle down. So I feel like casual fans would like to know more about the other teams. Even the shit ones. Why do they suck? Shine a fucking light on them. See what happens. Maybe they don't, uh, you know, go out and actually be really as bad if we're talking about them more. Like, And that's kind of what we try to do on NBA Australia. I try to give everything a bit of a fair shake, right? I shit on some teams because I've got my own set of biases. But that's because it's funny and I like doing it. 
But at the same time, like, the Blazers are fun. The Nuggets are fun. Everybody shits on Utah for being kind of boring. But we talk a lot about Utah here, not just because of Jingle and Joe Ingles, but because they're a good fucking basketball team. And it's kind of weird that the giant big... And, like, the giant big media corporations, I understand that they're driven by audience engagement, audience views. But at the same time, that becomes a vicious cycle where if you're only giving what the audience, what they think they want, which is what you find the easiest, then guess what? They're not going to ask for any more. And it doesn't really build in uh, a deeper set and a deeper appreciation for maybe the sport. And I think it's one of the weird things that the NBL does really well. I mean, other fans will complain about it, but I feel like the coverage is obviously going to be a little bit skewed towards the big population centers, but I feel like the Wildcats and uh, maybe not Townsville <laughs> you know, uh, or Cairns, you know, just those sort of teams outside of the uh, bigger population centers, it seems a bit weird that the NBL gets a fair whack of coverage in about like Illawarra, about Adelaide. But I don't know, it's not like we have a giant fucking population like the uh, USA does and a giant worldwide audience. So the NBL actually weirdly, I think, do a pretty good job of covering a lot of the stuff. I mean, a lot of that is because they're basically state-run media, NBL media, put out a lot of their stuff, right, that is consumed. And there's not a giant amount of like independent outlets covering it. But at the same time, they do a good job. Whereas in the NBA, it's like a star-driven thing. Like, thank God, like, Giannis is actually in Milwaukee or Luke is in Dallas. Like, even with Miami, like, it's a massive, massive thing. Remember how Miami, Miami, Miami was just all the uh, talk of the town for years and years and years because LeBron was there, D-Wade, and now it's like Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, and there's just fuck all about it. It's weird. Anyway, just had to uh, yell about that for a bit. Outback Takehouse! It's Wednesday at Outback, and you know what that means? That's right, I've been out the back with my cricket bat. I hear the bang, and you've got kookaburra wings right there on that plate. That's right, kookaburra wings, only at Outback. And today's Flame Grill take is, if the Lakers and Knicks traded Kemba for Rusty, both teams would be better. And also a bonus one, the real reason that KD's skin is so scaly He's a fucking snake. Only at Outback. I love the KD shit. I'm going to get to it in a second, but wow. It just keeps fucking bringing the laughs, doesn't it? But yeah, KD a snake. Confirmed. All right, we're back with Australian player watching a great moment in NBA Australia State history right after, let's say, this one. This is Nick K, and you're listening to NBA Australia. I mean, the NBA Australia Strange player watch is a bit of a short one today because Josh Greeny Green uh, didn't get out there against the Clippers, which stinks, but you get that on the big job sometimes, don't you? Either way, so let's go straight into a great moment in NBA Australia stat history. Oh, yes, let's do it. Great moments in NBA Australia stat history. All right, let's do the bloody thing. Luke Lucian Longley. On this day, 26 years ago, on the 96 Bulls, back in 95, uh, the Bulls are on the road. They take on John Stockton, Carl Malone, and the Utah Yaz. It's a soft J. And Big Lucian just went out and dominated. He ripped off a big double-double. He had 10 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists, and 2 blocks. He goes 3-7 from the floor, a dead-eye 4-4 at the stripe. And MJ... Lucian and the Bulls win it 90 to 85. That's right. Lucian was the third highest scorer on this team, going up against Big Felton Spencer. Uh, MJ at 34, Scotty Pippen at 22. No doubt harboring a lot of problems with MJ at that time and uh, not just trying to sell a book at the moment. Uh, but the craziest bit so he goes 10, 10, 2, and 2, does Lucian. And he backed that game up two days later with a mega season high game against their eventual finals opponents. That's right. So on the road. They go to my beloved Seattle Supersonics, and Lucian, out of nowhere, drops his highest score of the season. 21 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal and a block, shoots the shit out of, goes 7-10 from the floor, 7-9 from the free throw line, 
Almost outscores MJ. MJ's held to 22. 18 for Scotty. And guess what? The Bulls lost. The Bulls bloody lost. That's right, because Sean Kemp just dropped that fucking hammer. 25 and 14 for him. The glove, he has 26 points, 11 assists. What a time to be alive it was, wasn't it? But either way, so that gave the Bulls uh, their second loss of the season. So they only lost eight more the rest of the year. <laughs> That's fucking crazy, isn't it? And obviously, they're going to play the Sonics again in the finals. And much to my uh, heartbreak, uh, my beloved Sonics would lose, but Lucian would get his first ring. So you love to see that. And there you go. That's a uh, great moment in NBA Australia State history. All right. Patty Mills Game Day, Baller Game Day, Twitter check in. Just a great post from the uh, Sixers, Air Tease. That's right, Matty T. Aussie Matty T just flying in for a big dunk versus the Kings. It was awesome. Loved it too. Right, game previews for tomorrow. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, Nidvert and Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. You're actually going to tally the picks today? Yeah, I forgot yesterday. That was funny. I went 4 of 10 uh, with the picks from not yesterday. Oh, yeah, from yesterday. So 4 of 10. I forgot to read it out. And we went 2 of 4 today. So that leaves us, what's that, 6 of 14. So 145 of 258 so far this season. Not bloody bad. But a huge slate tomorrow. Epic pre-Thanksgiving slate. A huge Thursday ahead. Phoenix. They go to Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland. Uh, six and a half point favorites of Phoenix. I'm going to take the Suns. Uh, I talked about this the other day with Cleveland. And uh, look, they've got a bit of fight in them. They've got a little bit of something, something. But they just don't have, without the sex man, uh, just feels a little bit iffy at the moment. They did have, and without Mobley, it just the crucial sort of parts of how that Cavs team roll. And I think the Suns, who have won 13 on the trot, go to Cleveland. I think they'll win this one. So I'll take the Suns, minus 6.5 to uh, win it pretty handily too. The Lakers on a back-to-back go to Indy. I'm going to take the Lakers for a big bounce back here. I just think they can do it. I think and I believe, and I think we get a big AD and a big rusty game. And it's going to be fascinating to see AD bounces back from a uh, loss in MSG where he was a bit iffy whether or not to actually play. He was feeling a bit iffy. And uh, goes up against Suva, the Suvlaki King, Demartis Sabonis, and Miles Turner tomorrow. So, but I hope the Lakers can bounce back here. 1.5 underdogs. I'll take that. Lakers over Indy. Charlotte, they go to Orlando. I'm taking the Hornets minus 7.5. The Magic, look, they got their asses handed to them by Milwaukee the other day. And I think Charlotte will do the same. Brooklyn, they go to Boston. I'm going to take the Celtics plus a half point. I think uh, Boston get on a bit of a roll here. I think Brooklyn have been uh, looking pretty good. Just a couple of holes here and there. And I think the combination of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum will be a little bit too much for their defense. So give me Boston plus a half point. Uh, Chicago, ooh, they go to Houston. They're eight and a half point f- under. Uh, no, favorites. There you go. Of course they're favorites because Houston suck. So I'm taking Chicago minus eight and a half. Because they're good and Houston aren't. Memphis, they host Toronto. This is a great game. Scotty Barnes up against Ja Morant. I'm going to say Memphis minus four and a half. Uh, They're deep, super scuffy, but I think they can go toe-to-toe with Toronto. And I think Memphis can win this one at home. Pre-Thanksgiving, I think it'll be on for young and old. Detroit, they go to Milwaukee. Uh, Detroit on a back-to-back. I'm going to take the Bucks here, minus 13 and a half points. I think they kick the shit out of Detroit. Apologies, Pistons fans. Minnesota, they host Miami, who are also on a back-to-back. So I'm going to take the Wolves here, plus two and a half at home. Because Minnesota are putting something together just a little bit. And Miami on a back-to-back on the road. Uh, I just think Minnesota might have a little bit too much going for them. Washington, they go to the Pelicans. The Pelicans. I'm going to take the Wiz, minus three and a half. Weird couple of outings for the Wizards. But I think the combination of Spencer Dinwiddie, Beal, Trez, Kuz... Kuzma's just been dragged. You know he's going to go fucking off, and he's uh, going to go up against a Pelicans team that is just a fucking mess. Maybe Spindles Ingram goes off, but what else have the Pelicans got? Seriously. My name is Jonas Valanciunas. Who knows? Uh, OKC, they host Utah. Interesting one. This is a really good line. 12.5 points. I'm going to go OKC plus 12.5. They just tend to pull back right at the end of games, and uh, Utah will be out for blood after blowing their game the other day. But I think the Thunder just hold on and just cover. They'll lose, but they'll cover. San Antonio, they host Atlanta. I'm taking the Spurs plus three and a half. The reeling, reeling Spurs. I just think uh, they're pretty well matched up against uh, 
Atlanta, and I'll take the Spurs just to cover. I think this will be a really close game. Philly go to Golden State. They're 10.5-point underdogs. That's crazy, but also very fair because Golden State are kicking the shit out of teams, and I'm going to go Golden State plus 10.5. I just don't think Philly have the weapons to keep up with Golden State. Uh, without Embiid, obviously, not going to happen. Uh, Sacramento, they host Portland. Portland on a back-to-back. I'll take the Kings. They finally get their dead coach bounce win. Portland, just on the look, they're smashing it at home, but on the road, it's a bit iffier. And I think the Kings just piece one together for Alvin Gentry. What do you reckon? So there you go. That's going to be a big one tomorrow. Jesus, going to be ragged by the end of that. 13 games. Either way, so make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Face the IG, all over the socials. Uh, give NFL Australia a bit of a uh, listen to me and Gaz chopping it up each week. Uh, World Wrestling Australia over on YouTube with Adam. Go check that out. He's uh, got an awesome season finale. It's a great one. So go check out Adam with World Wrestling Australia over on YouTube. Follow FWCIE on Twitter and check all that out. SmashNBAStraya.com slash shop. Get your merch, get your merch. Chuck us a rating and review on your uh, podcast app, whatever you use. Come on, help us out. Manscaped.com. Use the code Straya. Get 20% off and free shipping there at Manscaped. TheDailyLicker.com as well. If you're in Melbourne, you're over 18, use the code Straya. Get a free six-pack. Free delivery if you order before noon. Melbourne metro area. Love it. Knowable. Download that app from the App Store. Bang in the code straight. You get 20% off as well. Right. Thanks to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out the new band House Hats. Uh, also, Joshua Delorentis. Fascinator. Gold Mines. Ramshackle Army. Iowa Section. Green, Green, Green and Dozers. They're behind all the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Apple Music, Spotify. Have you listen to your tunes? Whatever. NBA Australia supports Australian bands. So should you. All right, so that's it for today. Uh, we'll save the greenies green tips for a greener life for Josh Greeny Green for tomorrow. I've got to run and go pick up the squid. So uh, we'll catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. Have a good one, would ya? This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves and... Later, Ozzy, nah.